You've tuned into Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that the messages provide an atmosphere for growth and grace in your relationship with Christ and an opportunity for you to gather together in community, whether online or in person. Now let's go into the message. Seek and you will find. It says knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open to you for everyone. Say everyone. I am a everyone. Everyone who keeps on asking, the word is persistently. Like that means he doesn't stop. Persistently. In another version it would say naggingly receives. And he who keeps on seeking the word again persistently finds. And to him who keeps on knocking persistently, the door will be open. Father, it is your word that gives life. Not me. Your word gives life. I can't do it without you. I just can't. Just, I can't. I need you. We need you. We need your word to speak to various different moments, different seasons, different things that are going on in our lives, in a room, as well as online. Um, I'm not smart enough to be able to articulate all those things, but you are. So let your word reach every person where they need it to be. Now, don't just reach us. Pull us out where we are. Take us where you want us to be. Thank you that we have what we need to grow. In Jesus' name, amen. While you're seated, um, tell somebody, I have what I need. I have what I need. I have what I need. You may be seated. I want to talk um, or teach, rather, for the new few moments. I teach, preach, holler, scream, run, be quiet, speak librarian-like, I don't know. Um, I want to talk for a few moments um, as we've been in prayer for the last few weeks prayer series called Can We Talk? Um, and I want to talk from this particular scripture today or teach us today about prayer equity. Prayer equity. Can you say that with me? Prayer equity. And I'm going to teach you what that word means. And, you know, I realize maybe I don't know if it's age I don't know if it's my station in life. I realize that I'm at a current state and season that I realize that my job as a pastor or teacher, communicator or whatever, is to not be your hype man, but to be your helper. All help doesn't hype you, but it does make you better. I don't want to be the person who, oh, that was good, that was good. Because I also grew up where we would have preachers who come and preach, and they would shout the room. And we would go out to eat at, you know, Waffle House and all these places, and we'd be, or, or Golden Corral, we would be eating. And as we were eating, um, or for those of you who are old enough to remember, a place called Ryan's. Oh, y'all really saved. Yeah, we'd go to Ryan's and get that food and all those calories make multiple trips to the banquet thing. But anyhow, sorry, unless y'all hungry. But we would get there and we would talk and we would say, he sure did preach or she sure did preach, Brother Nathan. And then somebody would say, well, what did he preach about? Child, I don't know. But he sure did say it. We would talk about the hypeness. We would talk about who shouted. We talk about who fell out. But we couldn't remember what happened. We couldn't even remember what was spoken. So I venture that to say that 
you can have a great emotional experience, but if you don't have any roots, whatever God has planted in you, the enemy will come and snatch away because when the cares of life come in, I'm in the Bible, when the cares of life come in, the enemy will come to choke out that word that doesn't have any root. My job as a teacher and pastor is to make sure you have something to stand on. Now, can you shout because of the word? Yes. But shout because of the word. Don't shout before it. Because if you shout on something that's not a promise, then you just had an emotional break and not a word break. I want a word break that takes me to a praise break. <laughs> like Jesus, I'll never forget your promises and your words. Someone say, have foundation. Just say foundation. For those of you who are women, maybe you had those mothers who would tell you, baby, put some foundation on under those clothes. Half of you got really quiet. You didn't have a mother like that, and we're praying for you. Uh, but we used to make sure that they had foundation. What is foundation? Foundation would be something that would hold it all together. And I don't want to be too graphic, but it would hold it all together. The stuff you didn't have together, you got your little foundation. Do I have a church? Foundation. That you might not have been that size, but when you got foundation, you became that size. And some people are looking at you like, that looks so smooth, girl. You don't know how many layers of foundation are under this. So I want to make sure, church, you got layers of foundation that can hold you together when you can't keep it together. That's my job to make sure you're layered with foundation so that you can hold it together when you can't keep it together. For those of you who are not women, you know, there are body parts for men as well. We, you know, we have those little garments as well that hold us in. Thank you, Lord. When we need to be body body ready. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. Come on, Uncle Nate. Say amen. Praise the Lord. So I want to talk about equity. I'm so glad to see y'all. Three amigos. I've been missing y'all. I hadn't been preaching right without y'all here. So I've just been mourning fasting and praying and wearing sackcloth and ashes, and I'm so glad that y'all are here. I told, I told Aaliyah last week, I said, where are those ninjas at? So I'm so happy that she went out. You need a woman who bring the men to church. Come on, let's thank God for them. Yeah, I'm through. I'm finished. One more shout out. I see Deacon Smith. If you see somebody who looks like a Pastor Guillaume, he's just got gray hair, that's his daddy back there, and his mama is right beside him. She's the one. So we thank the Lord for them. So that means I really have to preach because they don't come to church but every nine months. So they come back to make sure I'm still doing it right. So I want to make sure I just do it right today. All right, I'm through, y'all. This is my countryside coming out. Where's my drink? Where, uh, brother, can you bring my, Miles, can you bring my drink up real quick, please? Or oh, Mel's going to do it. Clap your hands for Mel or Miles. Somebody's coming. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. For optics. All right, good. So I want to talk about prayer equity. And uh, for those of you who might not know uh, what the word equity is, um, it is mostly used when it comes to uh, entrepreneurship or for a business that's just starting. Um, and I put up the definition for you, those of you who might not have known what it is, but sweat equity is the ownership um, or interest in value that is created as a direct result of hard work by the owners, it is the preferred mode of building equity for cash-strapped entrepreneurs. Now, that word cash-strapped means, in essence, I don't have no money. 
Maybe some of y'all in this room are not cash-strapped, but sometimes you might be cash-strapped. Can we have anybody to be real honest? Like, I've gone through some cash-strapped seasons, you know, where I wanted somebody to just say, can I cash-strap you? You know, so that's what it means to, to be a business owner or entrepreneur or something where you're cash-strapped, where you got more vision than you had provision. So cash-strapped entrepreneurs in their startup ventures, since they may be unable to contribute much financial capital to their enterprise, means is that they have a vision, they have something that they are to do, something that they have a vision for, a business model for, a plan, they have meetings, they got teams or whatever, but they have no capital, they have no anything. So what they do, as far as sweat equity is, when you go to a particular um, 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 angel investor or someone who is going to invest in your business or a loan officer who's going to loan you money to get you started, they will always often ask you how much sweat equity have you put into it which is to say how much have you done without my help you're asking for my help you're asking for my investment but I want to know how much do you have invested in it as well to say I don't want to invest in you or invest in it or in your product and you've done nothing like when you ask me to critique your paper have you first started writing it you know, when you ask someone to come in and to do different things or whatever, and how much have you done? Like, don't have me come in and do all the work. I want to know how much work have you put into it? So that's what sweat equity is. Or when someone asks you that and they're, you're coming to someone and they're saying, hey, I want you to invest in my dream. And sometimes they'll say, well, how much money have you raised already? And then many times I get many types of messages all the time, emails all the time of people who want investments and stuff. Heck, I'm still trying to get people to invest in mine. But anyhow, but people are always invest wanting you to invest and a lot of times they'll say hey I'm trying to raise $50,000 or $30,000 or whatever and they'll say this is how much we have already raised on our own anything you can do can help us to reach that goal so when we talk about sweat equity or those different types of things and the Lord led me to this particular word or this particular title today as it relates to this scripture it kind of boggled my mind for a minute I was like well you know when you think of sweat equity you're thinking of someone who worked hard to be able to get where they got or get where they're going now when I think of taking the sweat off and putting prayer to that I'm saying Lord are you asking us to work now when I think of work I then get cautious because it then moves me into legalism legalism for those who might not know and I'm trying to teach you just for a moment before we go uh, further and when I go into legalism legalism is what many people say I don't do religion uh, many people you will meet they'll say I'm spiritual but I'm not religious is there anybody who's ever heard anybody say anything like that before there's some of you who are sitting with us today that you feel that way and that's okay that's fine some people are like that I'm not I'm not religious I'm just spiritual what you really mean is I'm not a rule follower like, I'm not caught up into the, what we sometimes use, organized religion. Organized religion means if I don't do that, then that means I'm not qualified for blessing. There are many different organizations, and not just organizations, many different religions, religious beliefs throughout the world, I could name them, but I won't, that you have to do certain things to get certain results. Some of them pray to dead God. Some of them pray certain times of day. Some of them uh, believe that there are only going to be so many people who go to heaven and the rest of the people are going to go to hell. There are so many different things like that, different religions that believe these certain constructs and these different things that have caused them to set a set of rituals uh, which people have to follow. And if they don't follow these rituals, then they are not going to be set up to be blessed. 
So when I think of that, when someone says I'm not religious, what that means is I don't want to have to do certain things. Like if I don't come to church on Sunday, does that mean I'm not blessed? Now, COVID has shown us otherwise. I grew up in a church that sometimes when people, when I say I grew up in a church, I'm not talking about one particular church. I'm talking about sometimes the churches that I was a part of, where if somebody wasn't at church for a period of time, say Bree hadn't been at church for a while, we would see them in Walmart and we would say stuff like, girl, where you been? Now, I grew up where we didn't necessarily talk back to our elders. Now we're not necessarily in that particular uh, diaspora now uh, because now people will say it's none of your business. But what we should have been saying all the time was not where have you been, but how have you been? That's a difference in me trying to be messy and nosy versus I'm really just praying for you. I just want to know how have you been? You being on it because you can be here this. You can be on a pew and be dying slowly. So church attendance is not the barometer of spirituality. This word ecclesia that we call, which comes from the church. Am I, am I teaching y'all too much? I don't want to take you too deep, too fast. Uh, but to go ecclesia means to, it's the called out ones. When we come to church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, what we're doing is coming to together when the scripture says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. What it means is you need to come together with people who are of like mind, who might be going some of the same things that you're going through and find out how you're not alone. And how you can encourage each other. That's what it means. It's not so we can come together and, and hear me or come together and wear certain attire. It's not about that. We call, we're coming out from the world in a sense to be recharged to go back into the world. Now you can do that online, yes. You can do that in some, some places in the South. They meet once or twice a month. You can do all these different types of things. But for me at this stage in life, in my 42 years of life, I need Jesus every second. I can't just depend on Sundays. Because sometimes Sunday takes too long. I need a whole lot. If Erica Campbell hears you say, I need a little bit more Jesus. I need a whole lot to be able to not go back from where I came from. I need it. I need all of it. So what we're saying here is when we talk about prayer equity, we're not talking about legalism. We're not talking about religious constructs. We're not saying you got to pray certain times a day. We're not saying your volume has to be a certain way. We're not saying you have to have a certain liturgy. We're not saying you got to pray a certain tone. We're not saying that. But what heaven is saying and what God is is saying is how much have you done on your own before I step in like you're praying to me but I haven't seen you do anything it's one thing for you to ask me for a job but you haven't even filled out the application you asked me for a house but you haven't worked on your credit you asked me for a relationship, but you haven't ended the one that you're sneaking with yet. You asked me for more children, but you don't love the children you do have. You asked me to bless you in church, but you don't serve the church. So I'm asking, how much have you put in before I bless? Because I'm saying this for many of you all, Morgan, is that God sees what we don't see. You want scripture for it? Here it is that the prophet Samuel came up and he got, he got overwhelmed by people who had an appearance of looking the part. God looked at, I mean, Samuel looked at people who looked like they were anointed, 
looked anointed. Someone say, look like it. Looked anointed. God tapped the prophet, meaning sometimes he has to tap leadership. Because leaders are not always tapped in. He tapped leadership and said, don't get caught up in what you see. For I do not look at what you see. I look at what you don't see, the heart. So what I'm saying is, do not get overwhelmed by people who look like they have it all together when they might just be fronting because they have nothing together. God is looking at the heart. He is not looking at your Shemahamadamashaya. He is not looking at your church attendance. He is not looking at you prancing around here in red bottom shoes that hurt anyway, by the way. He's not looking at any of that type of stuff. I ain't warm. I just heard. He's saying he's looking. Don't you dare. He's just saying, he's asking you, how's your heart? not how's your shout how's your heart I know you're going through but how's your heart I know you say a lot but you're not working on your heart I'm looking at your heart someone just look at someone and say he's looking at your heart he's looking at your heart so when we talk about prayer equity God's asking before I get off into that tangent let me come back out of that he's asking where are you before you ask for me so he opens up Luke, the sixth chapter, and he opens up the disciples had been watching him pray. Is this helping him? I hope this is. I, don't, I do not want to bore you. I just want to, I'm trying to, I'm asking the Lord, let me tell you this, and I want y'all to pray for me as well. I'm probably, um, probably getting ready to go back to school, to seminary really soon, because I want to make sure um, that as we grow as a church, I don't want to be to a point where I limit your capacity for God. I want to explain that. If I get to a point where I settle, then the church settles. Meaning, if I stop worshiping, so goes the church. If I stop studying, if I stop desiring more, then the church gets capped. And then we stop somewhere. And then 17 years later, I'm saying the same thing I said in year five. So you start being able to repeat what I'm going to say because I keep saying the same thing over and over again. So I start getting up saying, won't he make a way? Won't he do it? Ain't he all right? I know he's all right. Somebody say, yeah. Somebody say, yeah. Somebody say, yeah. Yeah, I've been saying that for 17 years. I want us as a church to continue to grow at every point. Hence the name Growth Point Church. Can somebody just thank God that we continue to grow? I mean, if you look back, for those of you who just got here, thank you, Lord. For those of you who got here six months, three months, or whatever. But those of you who've been here for five years, three years, four years, or whatever. You can look back and see God has continued to grow us. I'm not talking about buildings. I'm talking about our life. We have continued to grow and elevate. And I was talking to someone recently that they were talking about. I remember when we used to have worship. And I remember the old church, 3724, Appian Way. We're going to have another address next year, and I'll start repeating that one. But anyhow, but I remember in the old church, and we went in that particular building, and it was, it was swole as a tick in there. Like, can nobody get in there? It was just swole up in there. Everybody's sweating and bumping into each other and shouting or whatever. And some people say stuff like, all the time, I wish we could go back to the praise of the old church. I want to go back to that thing. And it's okay. I don't understand what they mean. Take me back to a feeling. Sometimes when you're growing, you don't feel it. Growth is not connected to a praise break. As a pastor, I've always seen people praise better than they live. 
So I can't always have praise breaks every Sunday, and you can't decide what your orientation in life is just yet. I'm talking about your status. You don't know who you want to be, what you want to be, and what you're supposed to do. My, God, my job is to point you to Jesus so that you'll say, when you, so now when you do praise, I'm like, now that's a changed life. That's a changed life. So when he opens up in Luke, the sixth chapter, and he opens up when they had watched him pray, they had seen Jesus pray. And as they watched Jesus pray, they looked at Jesus pray. And as they noticed, as he was praying, they started to respond to him. And they said, Lord, teach us how to pray because we don't know how to pray. We watched you do it. We've seen you go aside to do it. Now, mind you, Jesus was also God. So as a God, people prayed to him as a God. But as a man, he needed to pray to God. But as Jesus, he had to submit to God. <laughs> Did that go too fast? I'll say it again. They saw Jesus, who was a God, pray. People prayed to God, but Jesus was also a man wrapped in spiritual flesh, in, 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 more, in more moral flesh. So he also knew that as a man, he needed supernatural. But as Jesus, he needed how to learn obedience. What that means is there might be three people in you, but all of them got to learn how to submit. You might be Beyonce today and Sasha Fierce tomorrow, but whatever, you got to pull all those personalities in and say, ain't nobody going to break my soul. I'm sorry. You got to pull all of those personalities in, your church girl self, all of that. Pull it all together. Pull it all in. Somebody say, pull it all in. Pull it, put it all in because all of us got to learn how to submit and pray. Did I cover all y'all wretched people? I think I did. That's all you needed. Y'all know, know the word. Y'all know her. So I want to bring y'all all in. So he opens up and he says, pray, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Like pray his will on earth here as is already done in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, meaning give me substance for every day. Not just give me, thank you for yesterday, but I need something every day. And forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are debted to us. Don't let me hold grudges against people when you don't hold them against me. I should do a whole series on forgiveness because a lot of y'all are not blessed because you hold grudges. That's the part we don't talk about in church. You shout better than you forgive. And when people get blessed, we can't celebrate their blessing because we don't think they deserve it because you remember what they did. But God never brings up what you did. But you constantly want to bring up that screenshot, that time hop that always shows you around five years ago. What if God showed you five years ago where you were and held that against you today? That's why we have to pray, Lord, forgive me as I forgive others. I'm trying to teach. I ain't trying to preach. It says, and then lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What is temptation? Anything that's taken me outside of God's will. Don't lead me into it because sometimes I want to go where I'm not led. There are places I want to go and it will cost me more than I want it to pay. And I'll stay longer than I needed to. And Lord, lead me not into things that take your Holy Spirit away from me. That's what David said. I know what I did, but I am saying, created me a clean heart and renew the right spirit. Now, some of y'all say, how could David be the apple of God's eye? Because David knew himself, but he still loved his God. 
He said, I know what I did wrong, but I still love God. So I'm saying, Lord, even in what I do wrong, don't hold what I did wrong against me. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from evil. Now they add, uh, not in this particular scripture, but they add over and they grab in Psalms and they bring a doxology over and say, say, for thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power and yours is the glory forever. It's not in this particular thing, but it's a grabbing from Psalms. Then he goes on. He says there was this friend who stayed at this other friend's house. And he got up in the middle of the night and he said, hey, I want something to eat. Uh, but the friend said, I can't give you anything to eat. Um, but the friend continued to ask, can you give me something to eat? So finally the friend got up and gave him whatever he needed to eat as far as bread. God says in this particular, Jesus says in this passage, he said, if the friend will answer a friend eventually, how much more will God answer you if you are like the friend? According to the Middle Eastern times, they would travel by desert at night. I'm teaching you, I'm trying to. They would travel in the desert, and as they traveled in the desert, it got hot, so they would have to stay over a friend's house. But a lot of times, the houses were not like the houses you stay in. They were like one-room houses. And he, the friend really didn't want to get up because if the friend got up, he would disturb the whole house. He didn't want to disturb the whole house, but eventually the friend said, well, if my friend is hungry because he's been traveling, let me make sure I take care of my friend. Let me ask you, who's the last person you help that's on a journey? The friend's been traveling in the, in, the, in the heat, and they need help. He said, because they need help and they were persistent, I will answer them. So when we get to prayer equity into this particular passage, and he goes on, and he says, and again, I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. He says, what I'm saying is, be persistent. Someone say, be persistent. Say it again, be persistent. The word persistent is really translated as shamelessness. Like, don't be ashamed of having a request. Don't be ashamed. I hope this is going to help you. So if we talk about prayer equity, when he says ask, the first thing is, if you're going to have some equity, if you're going to have anything in your life, first thing is, you got to put in a request. Someone say, put in a request. If you need time off from work, you just don't leave work. You got to do what? Say it again. If you are a child or you're a teenager and you want to go somewhere with your friends, what do you have to do to your parents? If you want money from the ATM, what do you have to put in a code to put in a... If not, they call you a robber. So if our world works like that, do you not think heaven works like that? That if you need something, put in a request. He says, ask. And I'm saying that for many of you all right now, the reason that we're on this season of prayer and the reason that I'm on this series of prayer is because many of you have needs and you haven't even asked. Haven't even said anything. Haven't even opened your mouth to ask a request. Now, I'm from the, from the south part of Kentucky, the western part of Kentucky, rather, uh, Greenville, Kentucky, Muhlenberg County. And we used to say something in Greenville that says this. Y'all might not have said it in Lexington. I don't know. Uh, Mama Ray might say. But we said in western Kentucky, a closed mouth. Oh, y'all say it here, too. So there are a lot of us who you're not blessed, not because God doesn't want to bless you, 
but you just haven't even asked him to bless you. Like you haven't even said anything. Like that's why I love one of the songs on um, uh, Kingdom, um, Kingdom, what's that? Kingdom um, and Maverick City, Kurt Franklin, something like that. But the song goes, bless me, bless me, bless me God indeed. So everyone around me will, I, I love this song. I love it because we sometimes teach that it's selfish to ask God to bless you. Well, my teaching is, if you don't like where you are, ask God to bless where you are. Like, if I don't like this and I know that God has more for me, come on, Jabez. He said, enlarge my territory. I know that there's more for me than this. But you've got to put in a request. Someone say, put in a request. Ask. Now, let me sweep around that real quick. Because Jesus also asked for something three times. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And while he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, Mother Joanne, he said, Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass for me. Ask it three times. But finally, he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Paul also asked for something three times. In Corinthians, Paul said, if it be your will, take this thorn from me. Ask three times. So there are some times you are asked for multiple times. Some of you, I heard a preacher preach just like an hour ago. I was at another church on uh, Todd's Road. This preacher preached this thing, bless my life. I don't remember the rest of the sermon, but it's one line. Bless me. He said, it's nothing wrong with asking God questions, but are you ready for the answer? They asked God, Paul said, take this thorn from me. Jesus said, take this cup from me. But Jesus had a transition. Paul had a transition. Jesus' transition was within himself. Paul's transition was without of himself. Paul said, take this thorn from me. God responded and said, I won't take the thorn, but I'll give you grace. Sometimes God's answer doesn't show up like you want it. He said, I know what you think you want, but I know what you need. You want me to remove the storm. I can't remove the storm until I make you strong enough to withstand storms. You want me to silence the enemy. I don't want you to silence the enemy. I want you to learn how to ignore the enemy's words. You want me to fix your friends, but I'm trying to teach you how to be a friend. You want me to give you a raise, but I'm trying to teach you how to have money management on the level you own. So before I bless you, I'm trying to see what equity have you put into this thing on the level that you're on right now. <laughs> he said, I want to bless you and I want to give you what you need. But I, I know you're asking me something, but I know in your request, in the request you have, I know what you think you need, but I really know what you need. He says, so ask. And then he goes on from ask. He says, and seek. Someone say seek. To seek means to go on a journey. It means to start looking. It means to, in other words, to also know the source. Like, if you're going to have prayer equity, know the source. Like, pursue the source. Like, who can help you? Like, if you can't find help, you've got to find where can you get help. Like, if you can't get help on this level, go to another level. If everybody in your friend's circle is broke, 
Maybe God wants to give you another circle. Everybody can't be bad. Everybody can't be going through. I know y'all have guys night out and girls night out, but everybody in your circle can't be miserable. I feel like this is offending you all. The way that you all are looking at me, the way that you all are really sitting, how y'all were shouting a few minutes ago, and now y'all sitting there like y'all all bed of roses and your lives are fine and you've been speaking in tongues since you were three months old and all that type of stuff. But listen, some of our lives, I say ours, I'm talking about all of ours because I don't want to say yours because you get offended. Some of our lives, your life looks worse than your mouth. Like some of us talk a good game. I mean, on social media, y'all are great. You hear me? I mean, the stuff y'all be saying and stuff we be posting and everything's all right. When is the last time you posted the bad day? The mess up. I mean, the, 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 all that type of stuff. I know we posted stuff. I saw someone uh, post one time they were talking about and how really what they really meant to say was they got a driver's license. But what they posted was out of all the applicants that were here in the room, so many people took the test and failed. So many people did so many different things. But out of so many applicants, I was selected. You just got a driver's license. Just put you got a driver's license. It don't have nothing to do with it. Out of all of the applicants that were selected, I was the one who was chosen. You just passed the test. That's it. You got a driver's license. Like, stop fluffing and just tell the truth. I got a driver's license. I mean, here it is. He says, seek and pursue the source. Like, who is it that can help you? Like Psalm 121 says, I will look to the hills from where my help comes from. Then he answers it and says, my help comes from where? And it goes on and says, the maker of heaven and earth. What it means is, I can't always trust people who say they're going to help me. There have been many people who said they will help. And when it comes time to do the work, they don't show up. So it says, look to the hills. Look to Jesus. He says, I, I want you to not only ask, but I want you to seek. Because seek is more than ask. Because ask means, to put it in practical terms is, ask means I'm putting in my request. But seek means now I'm going to put some legwork in. Like I'm going to follow up to make sure that you heard my request. When I was working on the hill in Frankfurt and I was working at Kentucky State, a lot of times when you would have to put in a request, you would sometimes have to put in legwork to follow it through, follow the paper trail to make sure your request got through. There are some of you who have put in a request that you haven't even followed up on. What I loved about how they used to pray when I was growing up is they used to say, Lord, it's me again. To say, you know what I want. You know my name. But I just want to remind you, it's me again. Someone just holler right now, it's me again. What it's meaning is, I'm going to do a paper trail. I'm going to follow up so that you don't forget what I ask. You don't forget what I say, which reminds me of a scripture that I brought up for you and almost finished. Here in Luke, it says that there was a woman uh, who had a debt that she needed to be paid. And this woman went to this judge who was not a believer. But she went to this judge and she continued to persist and continued to go to him and continued to went to this person. And she said, I need you to fix this thing. I need 
you to handle the situation. And this judge who was not a believer said, I'm going to answer the woman just because she keeps nagging me and she keeps pursuing me and she's persistent. And it goes on and says, if God will answer, if the judge, excuse me, an unjust judge will answer a righteous woman, how much more will God answer you if you would just be persistent? The Bible says, don't just ask, but the Amplified Version says, keep on asking. Keep on seeking. And I got a word for some of y'all. You have given up too fast. You stopped. And God said, I was getting ready to answer, but you stopped. Your seeking was getting ready to be answered, but you stopped in middle pursuit. He says, be like that woman who the reason that she pursued the judge is because the judge was over the laws of the land. And the judge was able to make a ruling that was able to cancel her debt. Now that's a judge over the land. But I know a God who is over this land where the earth is his footstool. And if the judge who was over the land could cancel that debt, how much more could God cancel if you would be persistent in your own life? Come on here, song. Jesus paid it all and all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but Jesus washed it. Because I pursued, I, I sought. And there's some of you all right now, and I know I'm preaching in some regards, please don't be offended, but I'm preaching some regards to a generation that does not seek anything anymore. We got a bachelor's degree on Saturday and won a $75,000 salary on Monday. Date somebody on Saturday and want them to propose on Monday. And if the man don't propose, you propose. We are in a situation that is wopsided because we don't know how to wait on anything anymore. You've been preaching for three months and already putting in pastoral applications to pastor and you have not served the local church yet. It does not work like that. Seek and keep on seeking. Not, I mean, I'm sorry, y'all. I know I'm offending somebody, but that's what's wrong with the church today. We offend nobody and make everybody happy. And everybody's happy and everybody's doing whatever they want. And don't nobody preach the real word no more. The word will offend you sometimes. Seek him. Seek him. Seek him for your child. Seek him for your life. Seek him for your sanity. Before you post, pray. Seek. Someone say seek. When I was growing up, near, near we used to pray, play something. I don't know Miles' generation that played it. I don't know if they did it. But my generation, we used to play hide and go seek. Somebody would hide and the other person would seek. And the person who was hiding was real good. They would hide in some area that you really had to seek. God's not like your friends. He's not hiding in a good spot. He's hiding in plain sight. But you won't open your eyes to see that God is right in front of you.
open and willing and ready to help you, but you've got to ask him. Someone say, ask him, and then seek him. Seek him, pursue him. I mean, I mean, the wonderful thing about God, because sometimes people get on my nerves, maybe not yours. Maybe that's wrong, but sometimes people get on my nerves. There's some people that I see coming, and I try to act like I didn't see them. I'm just like, whoo. <laughs> Maybe not y'all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's hard for the pastor to admit that. I'm so sorry. I'm supposed to be more saved than that, so just pray. Sharissa, God is really working on my soul salvation. But, but some people, you know, I'll be in Walmart, and I'll be like, ooh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Hiding in the clothes, like, ooh. <laughs> you know, trying to get away. Because some people, when you see them, you always know there's a complaint with them. Maybe y'all know different people than me. I always got something. How's the weather? I said, it's a sunny day. Well, it's hot. I'm like, it's raining today. The, 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 you know, the, the grass, it's been dry. Yeah, but it's too much. I ain't got an umbrella. I mean, it's just always something. I, I said, okay, look at my Apple Watch. I ain't got a Movado. I'm sorry, wrong church. Too soon. Anyhow, we always got, always got something to complain about. Always got something. I'm sorry, wrong. Too soon. We always got something to complain about. And we always got, and there's some people you got to stay away from because you're just like, I just can't handle it. My complaint quota is already exhausted. And you hadn't even opened your mouth, but just looking at you reminds me of the negative energy that you possess. And I don't have time for it. So I'm seeking solitude from your mess. <laughs> See, see, I was also growing up in a church I mean, in time that we used to, uh, PJ, we used to even seek God before we sang. I don't know if y'all, we used to seek God before we sang. I mean, like, we wouldn't, we didn't just have choir rehearsal. We would seek. I'm talking about we would, there was sometimes we didn't have rehearsal. We'd be like, everybody on your face. Everybody on your face. Musicians, everybody on your face. Like, we, we would bring in a gospel ensemble on Kentucky State University. We would bring in preachers to preach rehearsal. Ain't no rehearsal tonight. You need a word, you need a word, and you need a word. Seek him. And we would get up, we would seek him so much that I was taught how to seek God enough to know when the atmosphere needs to change. We would get up in the room and we would sense and say something's off. And my pastor had taught me to know how to shift it before he got up. Because if I didn't shift it before he got up, it wasn't going to be nothing nice. So I had to learn how to sense the song we planned is not the song we doing because it ain't working today. It doesn't mean that you're not special. It doesn't mean you're not anointed. But when you seek him, you learn how to shift in the seek. The seek will shift you. Where you'll start saying something, I need to change something, I need to do something. I don't know exactly what it is, but this room needs something different than what I thought. While I'm preaching, I'm seeking. I have studied, I have prepared, but I'm seeking while I'm studying. What's that mean? I'm leaning in and listening. Lord, do you want me to say that or not say that? Do you want me to end right now? Do you want me to grab a hold of that? I'm seeking because I am never above the person I seek. Seek him. Someone say seek him. I got to get out of that. Ask. 
Seeking is more than asking. And the last thing is knock. Knock, which means, and here's the part that I might lose some of you on, knocking means make some noise. Say it out loud with me. Make some noise. Now, this is the part where some of my Baptocostal, Pentecostal, non-denominational side mixes and intertwines. Because some of y'all, please don't get offended. If you do, just come back next Sunday. I'll do better. Some of y'all on, on the book, the Facebook, on the Twitter, y'all say stuff like, sorry, mother, I got a prayer request, but don't ask no questions. I have an unspoken request. Don't inbox me. Well, I want to say, don't post. And then everybody starts commenting, praying for your sis, praying for your brother. I don't even know how to pray for your mute self. Like, what am I praying? For your uns- God bless the unspoken prayer request, Lord. Pray for the unborn children. I don't know what to pray. There are sometimes when you knock, maybe things have changed because I know y'all got, you know, what's that, that doorbell that you can see when somebody's coming to the ring? Y'all got ring, you know, and all that type of stuff. It's different. But I grew up before there was a ring. And we used to have to knock on the door. And sometimes you had to knock long enough for them to hear you. I'm asking you, I know you are so technologically savvy that you got ring and stuff, but don't stop knocking. Meaning don't stop making noise. Like stop being so prideful that you can't tell people that you have a need. That's what that prayer request on Facebook means. Unspoken request means I'm prideful. I'm too proud to beg. That means I have too much pride in myself to let you know what's going on with me. But you need my prayer. I can't pray for what I don't know. I told y'all last week, I'm not going into a trance over y'all. I have time. Ain't nobody got time for that. I'm saying, come, and what I'm saying is, what you will realize, this is, I'm, I'm through here, what you will realize as a church, if you talk more, you will find out that there are more people who identify with you than you are alone. The enemy thrives in isolation. He wants you to think you're the only one who's had an abortion. He wants you to think you're the only one who's had church hurt. He wants you to think you're the only one who's been molested. He wants to make you think that you're the only one who has, has businesses that have failed. He wants you to think that you're the only one who got suspended from college. I told y'all, I was suspended from college, and I, was, I didn't want to go to homecoming because I thought I was the only one. And there's a friend of mine in the room, I won't point her out, but there's a friend of mine that I thought that I was the only one who did not finish school. And on the day of my graduation, I looked at one of my friends had on a robe too. I said, you got a robe, I got a robe, all got children got a robe. Look at us. Because when you struggle in silence, you don't realize that there's more strength in your talking. Yeah. 
Keep on knocking. Say something. If you're single and you're struggling, you ain't the only one single and struggling holding on to a pillow. Sitting here saying, I'm tired of going to all these weddings and I want to be at a wedding. Why you want to be in a wedding? They don't even love each other. I can't wait to get married so I can find my soulmate. Well, they married and still looking for theirs. Y'all don't want to tell the truth. I just want to, I just want to have a boo thing. For what? You better get you a boo. I mean, sorry. Get you an X-Lax and get you a boo. Whatever you got to do, we'll have time. Stop fronting. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. <laughs> tell the truth so that you can get some help. I miss y'all up. It's too much. He says, he says, y'all come back, church. Come back. Come back. He says, ask, you will find. I mean, ask, door be open. Seek, and you will find. Knock, knock. And it goes on and says, and for everyone who asks, receives. To everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Then it ends a few verses down that I didn't include with them, but it says, and for everyone who asks for the Holy Spirit will receive it. He said, if you need help, ask. You don't have to go into a trance. You don't have to, as we call, tarry and say, Jesus, for 20 minutes until your mouth gets tired. It's none of that. It's come with hunger. Come with anticipation. Come with zeal. Come with seeking Come with, Lord, I need this. Like, I, I cannot be tired. And I'm saying this to you all. And I'm, I'm finished, musicians. I'm, I'm asking you all as a church, how much prayer equity have you put in this thing? Don't want God to do something you haven't done. Thank you for your prayers and generous support that grant us the opportunity to do ministry. Now, this connection doesn't have to end here. Visit our website, engage with our social platforms, comment, review, screenshot, and share your growth with others. And until next time, keep growing.